I really love this project because hearing every day from staff about how we change the people's life, it means a lot for me. I am not considering myself as employee, but I am doing the mission. I am doing God's work and our calling is to make a difference. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and you just heard one of our program managers named Sophia. She was describing the work in our field office in her home country of Cambodia. In today's episode, I want to honor Sophia, along with our more than 2,000 other national staff, by shining a spotlight on them as they serve across the world with Samaritan's Purse. And if you're unfamiliar with what I mean by saying national staff, these are our staff members who serve in their own countries. They are truly our ministry's unsung heroes, and they make our work possible by serving their own family, friends, and neighbors, living in the midst of poverty, war, and disasters of all kinds. Each and every day, these faithful men and women work tirelessly. They offer their unique skills and gifts to share the life-saving hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our international projects would not be possible without them. I want to invite you into a conversation I had with Edward Densham, the Senior Director of International Projects for Samaritan's Purse. Edward knows firsthand how important our national staff are to the global mission of the ministry. I loved hearing his perspective and allowing him to introduce you to many of our staff around the world. And as you listen along, you'll also hear from some of these very special staff members, and I know you'll be blessed to hear their joy and humility as they serve around the world. Okay, so, so many things we can talk about. You can take it wherever you want, but we want to introduce our audience to our staff around the world. And I know we often often call them national staff, but to you, they're our staff. They're our friends. They're our colleagues. They're our family. Um, So first of all, who are they? So we have a lot of national staff around the world. The national staff are, when you have a field office, obviously you will send in some expatriates, and it's just someone who does not come from that country. So Mm. really there's two distinguishing things in a country. There's the expatriates that we have to send, and the reason we have to send them is perhaps the capability of what we need them to do doesn't exist in the country. So we have to send some expatriates. And then national staff, our goal is to have as many of our positions filled with national staff as possible. Uh, They know the language, uh, they know the culture, they know how to do business there, uh, they know the people, they know the area, they understand the security dynamics. They're just much more adept to being able to get the job done as long as they have the, the skills and qualifications that they need think of a prime example, everyone would look at Kenya and say Kenya is a, a leading country in Africa. It's a very modern country, and our office is completely nationalized. And the country director uh, is, a, is a national from Kenya. So um, every country has national staff. Everybody needs them, as many as possible. It just depends on the country and what they need, what we're doing there. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, they they know the language, they know the culture, uh, they can relate with the people and kind of know the needs and the heart better than, yeah, anyone coming from outside the country. But aside from all that, how have you seen the Lord use them specifically for the gospel? How do they break barriers, you know, that that other outsiders can't do? The thing you have to understand about national staff is that their experience, their situation is very different from expatriates because when you go to a country and there's a disaster, the disaster is actually their disaster. Mm-hmm. The communities impacted are actually their communities. The mm-hmm. beneficiaries 
are not beneficiaries. They're their family members and they're their community members. So it's a, it's a very different perspective that our national staff have because it is their crisis. It's their disaster. Another thing that's really cool is that when we leave an area, we're finished with the program or whatever, and we move on, those national staff stay behind. So that's where the gospel, the program, the Heart of Samaritan's Purse, continues to go after we've left because they live there. That's their community. They're keeping the project going, but they're also keeping the sharing the gospel going and the the caring in Jesus' name. They continue to do that long after we've left. Mm-hmm. So coming back to your question, the the impact that it has for the gospel, you, you go to these countries and actually you're you're humbled by the national staff and the commitment they have to what they're doing. You know, we think here at Smart's Purse that we at IHQ and we have this commitment for Smart's Purse and drive to what we do. And then you go to these field offices and you see what some of the national staff are doing and it it it's humbling the sacrifices you make and the lengths you're willing to go to to make sure things happen. You know, we saw this in Ukraine a lot where the number of times pastors went above and beyond what they were supposed to do into dangerous areas or going further than they're supposed to because they they wanted the right people to get the food and they knew where the needy people were and they were going to make sure it got to them regardless of the danger or the expense. And so often with, with national staff, you're just blown away at their commitment to show Jesus' love with people. While covering the work of our Cambodia field office earlier this year, our correspondent Stephen was inspired by the projects. But he also shared with me the real impact came from seeing our local staff members serving with so much passion and commitment to Christ. And one day on their way back from a remote village, Stephen had the chance to talk with a national staff member named Sophia, who has poured her life into serving her people through the ministry of Samaritan's Purse. Um, But you seem really passionate about the work and you seem really excited about what we're doing. Can you share a little bit with me about why you do this and uh, what some of the reward is for you personally to be involved in this work? For me personally, I I do love these projects and I, I do love this this team mm. as we are doing a great job to serve God. Mm. And I believe that it is the passion that God is putting in my heart. Mm. So another thing that um, give me why I, I have to work hard, it's because I grew up in a vulnerable family. In a vulnerable family. That was yeah. your life. Okay. Yeah. So I know that God allowed me to pass that experience so that I would understand about how poor people feel mm. and what they need. Mm. Yes. And the things that make me love this project very much is actually not only this project. It's all Samaritan's Purse projects. I, I do love it so much because we are working to... Uh, bring hope to the community people mm. because the people that we are working with are the hopeless people mm. and to work to bring hope to them give us passion and like tireless I always heard people telling me about how they changed their life wow. through the projects that we are doing every day I always heard from the staff who come back from telling me about what's going on there in the community wow. and it inspired me so much it's telling me that I am doing the right work yeah. and I am really doing the right the right things that God has putting that passion to me. Mm. And it's about yes, it's it's about the gift. Mm. It's a special gift that God has given to me. Mm. I really very hard to explain about it, but I feel like I am doing the right the right job. 
During the war in Ukraine, Samaritan's Purse responded almost immediately with the help of local men and women who joined our team as national staff. While on the ground, one of our correspondents, Melissa, was able to speak with a woman named Tanya and hear about how God has prepared her to serve as a translator in her country's darkest hour. <laughs> yeah, uh, so my mom is a nurse, um, and all my childhood, uh, she worked shifts for 24 hours. So I went to the hospital with her, <laughs> uh, and I kind of worked with her. The doctors let me uh, fill in the history of patients. They were, of course, sitting next to me and tell, telling me what to do. Or I would sort the medicine and um, tell them which one we do have or which one we don't have. And I told my mom that I had a dream to be a nurse, a military nurse, like and um, work on the front, wherever the soldiers are, so I could help people. <laughs> she told me I was insane and like super weird uh, because she didn't want to risk my life. Um, and then when the war happened, uh, now I happen uh, to study for translation. Um, and I have this possibility to, to um, combine both my love for languages and my love for um, helping people. And I could at least um, be somebody's uh, like mouth to translate and um, transition like words from one person to another, which brings me joy. And I don't even know how this could happen in the times of war, but it's like something that I could never even pray for. So if I could imagine working like this uh, as a dream, I didn't even imagine it. So God gave me something that I couldn't even hope for or imagine in the time of war, <laughs> which is something only God can do. So what does it mean to you to see Samaritan's Purse here uh, in this place and trying, setting up these clinics and the hospital. Um, how does that make you feel that Samaritan's Purse is here? So, um, Samaritan's Purse is, as I've already said, like my dream come true uh, because this is like a place that I want to wake up and go to even when I feel tired because it kind of um, lifts my spirits um, and to see those faces and those people that I feel like family being with and um, about the people who come here, um, I see the faces of people when they come in and the faces of people when they come out and those are different faces um, when uh, doctors or nurses ask to pray for people uh, they sometimes cry uh, but okay and there was n n never uh, a situation when they said no so people are really desperate for God in such in like moments like these and um, like the fact that uh, Samaritan Purse helps people both with their um, like physical health and their spiritual health is, um, I don't know, it's, it's something that I look up to and something that I adore. Well, we adore you. And you know the story of Esther. She was prepared for such a time as this. And I, I go back to your story uh, just now where you're talking about how you wanted to be a nurse and how you wanted to, to do these things, and then you went into translation, and now you, you are the voice of the nurse to your people. Um, do you feel like Esther right now, that God prepared you for such a time as this? 
Oh, yes, like uh, for sure. And um, actually last semester at university, we had uh, three different options to choose medical, um, economical or political translation. And I choose and I chose medical um, probably just because um, that's what I'm mostly familiar with. Um, and uh, that's what I like wanted to do um, when I was younger. And now um, I see that this was also the part of the plan, and uh, I, d I don't know if I am, but I hope to be <laughs> someone like Esther for people. You are. You're a blessing. You're a blessing to all of us. Can I, I hope. You? Huh? Can I hug you? You can hug me. <laughs> I love when you hug me. Oh, you precious. Back in North Carolina, I continued my conversation with Edward Densham. And it's clear to me that these national staff and their commitment to the work of Christ is what deeply moves and inspires all of our team members, both in the U.S. and abroad. We see how God has uniquely called and chosen each one of them to share his message of love and salvation. You know, we often say that when we go to disaster, people mm. are ready and open to hear the gospel. It's the national staff that we have who are so enthused and thrilled by Christ and what Christ is doing and coming, that they're the ones out there having the impact in the community. It's not just the translators translating what the, the expatriate or the Western person has said, it's their own vision and words and their passion. And now suddenly this disaster and what Smart Spurs is bringing has given them a vehicle for evangelism. And they're out in those communities, making sure everybody knows this is in the name of Jesus. This is Jesus bringing this to you and here's who Jesus is and mm -hmm. here's what he does. It's mm. happening at the grassroots out there through the staff that we have and we hire. And every time we go somewhere, we're always amazed at, like, how on earth did we find these staff? We just mm. turned up here and we we advertised and we grabbed some staff from local churches and they get and suddenly they're the ones promoting the gospel for Smart Person. That's so good. So I guess as you're talking, can you give us some examples? Can you introduce us to some of the staff that that you call dear friends? I mean, these are you know them well, you've walked with them, you've seen them in the field. Can you maybe give us a couple stories or examples of some of our our brothers and sisters that are sharing the gospel in dangerous or or even just daily life? Okay, so here here's something I don't think people realize. I was in Kenya two weeks ago, and I ran into Benson, who's who does the yard work at the Nairobi office, and was talking to him. Mm -hmm. Benson was here when I got hired back in 1998. Next month is his 30th year anniversary. I'm like, hmm. goodness me, that's a huge, great, big deal. And here he is just faithfully working and serving and doing stuff. Hmm. There's another guy there, Jeremiah, who's hit 25 years. Um, I, this is really humbling, actually, that in Vietnam, uh, there's a lady who's been there 20 years. So, yeah, I wrote a card. I got this message back that she was in tears and it was so meaningful. I'm like, Oh my goodness, and that made her week that we appreciated her service and what she'd done for so long. So we've had so many staff in the field office that are unrecognized except in the field office, mm -hmm. but they've been long-term, faithful-serving people. One of these faithful staff members is named Robinson, and he served for decades in his home country of Kenya. And after years of moving up in the ranks as a national staff member, Robinson was recently promoted to the position of a country director in another part of the world that we can't share due to security concerns. But as he prepared for this big transition abroad, he came to the headquarters in North Carolina and I was able to talk with him. Here's some of our conversation. So you have, you've been with Samaritan's Purse 17 years, you know, have you left Kenya before? Um, 
or have you always lived in, and worked in Kenya? I've always lived and uh, worked in Kenya, although I have been involved in different darts. Okay. I've also filled in some positions for leadership in other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, a majority of my time has been in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now the Lord is calling you and your family, you know, to leave and go to another country. So maybe talk to me about how the Lord prepared and, and called you into this role, because uh, this is a, a new, critical, wonderful leadership role, but it's a lot of change for you and your family. Mm. Yeah, you know, I was kind of like Moses. I mm. wasn't ready to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was asking, you know, look for someone else. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> but then every time I prayed, I think the Lord really showed me that this is the place that he wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. But I also was there for about two months, filling in the position uh, of leadership. So that also prepared me. It gave me a, a, at least some steps into the country, you know, to see how things, systems work, uh, the language and culture of the people. Mm-hmm. So that prepared me for, for, for this job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most importantly, I think prayer has played a key role for people praying for me. Um, you know, dedicating my time to the Lord for this. So this has been one of the biggest steps in preparation mm-hmm. for me. Our podcast correspondent, Stephen, had the privilege of working for Robinson a couple of years ago during his time in Kenya at the field office. I asked him to join in on the conversation to hear from his former mentor as he shared some invaluable insight. Kenya, it's it's one of the only offices we have that's completely Kenyan-led, mm. as Christy was saying. Yeah. Can you just briefly, I mean, I was there for about six months mm. total mm. and changed as a person. Can you share with us about your staff? Because mm. I saw firsthand mm. how incredible they are mm. and how the work that they do is so not only important, but excellent. And I yeah. learned so much professionally. Mm. Yeah. Um, can you share a little bit about the team in Kenya mm-hmm. and how these national staff are serving the Lord? Yeah, I think the um, the health of the office really depends on the leadership. And I think we have a great leader in the country mm. director uh, who shepherds, you know, his staff, um, who models, you know, most a Christ-like life to, to his staff. I think that's where it starts. And uh, I think we also try and hire, you know, people who, who have the heart for the Lord. And there's also a very good office culture where, you know, people look out for each other, people, and I think that stems from generally the culture in the country, you know, but it's exemplified more in the office, you know, because we now live in a, an environment that, you know, kind of connects us through Christ. But um, one of the things probably I need to say is that, um, you know, time for devotion is one of the most precious times for most staff, and I, I know that there are staff that have left the organization, but yearn to come back because of devotion. Mm. Many go to places where they uh, are restricted. They can't even read the Bible. You know, but I think the fact that we have an opportunity to open our Bible and just share you know, from the Lord together, that brings us together. You know, I think often Samaritan's Purse, we work all over the world, and a lot of our listeners may be thinking, oh, well, I can't get on a plane and fly across the world to serve in Jesus' name. Um, But you faithfully served with our ministry right where you were from in Kenya. Can you share why it's important that Christians have a mission mindset right Mm -hmm. where God has them, that they might not need to get on a plane Mm -hmm. and cross the world to serve Him? 
how can people be encouraged to serve in their home and in their own country mm -hmm. the way you have for all of these years? Yeah. You know, when you're in your own country, you understand the language, mm -hmm. you understand the culture. And uh, most of the time, you have the opportunity when you have seen the light to challenge mm. some of the cultural practices or some of the practices that the people see as normal. Mm -hmm. And that gives you a chance, you know, to be able to tell Christ to the community around you. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that is one of the things that has helped me, you know, just being able to understand that, yes, this is my culture. But I don't agree with some of these things because I know Christ mm -hmm. and this is the way Christ would like me to to behave. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. So often people think because I'm not overseas, I'm not a missionary, mm -hmm. but we all are, yeah, you know, as followers of Jesus Christ, you know, no matter what you do and no matter what your, your trade is, mm -hmm. uh, you are an evangelist. Yeah, you know, God exactly. calls us to exactly. know him and love him and then to tell others about him. And yeah. we are to all go go and make disciples. And sometimes we are called out of our country, yes. which is challenging and mm -hmm. scary. Uh, but sometimes we're called to do work in our own country. And mm -hmm. yeah, I love hearing your story and just the way that you have been willing to do anything that you were asked to do. As we closed our time with Robinson, he led our team in prayer in his heart language, Swahili. Before departing on his first long-term foreign mission. Baba katika jina la Yesu tunakushukuru kwa sababu wewe ni mwaminifu. Wewe ni mwaminifu kwa kila jambo. Wewe ni mwaminifu kwa kila wakati. Nakushukuru kwa sababu ya huduma hii ya Samaritan's Pass ambayo umetupatia. Umetuweka katika sehemu mbalimbali tukutumikie. Umetutuma sehemu mbalimbali za nchi tukutumikie. Ninaomba kwamba tupatie ujasiri utupatie hekma na neema na utuongoze kwa kila jambo ambalo tunafanya ninawaombea wote waliomu ndani na muombea Kristi na muombea ndugu yangu na dada yangu wote wabariki uwasaidie katika kazi ya mikono yao waweze kukutegemea kila siku walete utukufu kwa jina lako Ninaomba haya machache kwa jina la Yesu Kristo aliyemkombozi wetu. Amen. In the recent days, Robinson's role as country director in a foreign country has proven to be very challenging. The nation he is serving uh, has undergone severe political unrest, but he's remained faithful there abroad, just as he was for several years in his home country of Kenya. Here's Edward Densham discussing Robinson's response when being asked if he should evacuate from his post. I wrote to Robinson and asked him what he thought, and it was almost like he was incredulous. He was like, well, God called me here to serve these people. Why would I leave them in their darkest time of need? Mm. And I was like, wow, you know, that's, he, he's not even, he's, he's a national staff who's now become an expatriate, mm -hmm. but he feels that strongly about the people. He's like, I was called to serve here. I'm not leaving while in their deepest time of need. I'm staying to help them. In closing with my time with Edward, he was able to share about his time working overseas with Samaritan's Purse nearly two decades ago. It, it was impacted by the national staff that he served alongside with, and he told me about a man from South Sudan and how his dedication to the gospel was unwavering. So it would probably go back to Louis in South Sudan and a, a couple things that happened. You know, there's a, there's a gentleman called Sustan Amin who worked at the hospital I know he worked for the church. His wife worked in the hospital. Just a very solid, godly man. He was a young man. He had kids. The first time we got bombed in Louis, 
there was there was one fatality. They bombed the marketplace, and uh, his sister didn't run run away fast enough, and she was mm. she was killed in that bombing, um, which was which was very sad. And to us, that was like a devastating event, and yet, despite that, Sustan never stopped using his position in the church preaching to talk about that event and to talk about why we need to stay doing what we do and keep committed. And I was thinking, man, if that had been my sister that was killed in this situation, I'd have left, I'd have gone, I'd have gone somewhere else, taken my family and moved. And yet he he remained, he stayed. Um, he was so devoted to his people that that was just, that was something that happened and it was terrible for his family, but it, he didn't, waver in what he knew he needed to do and to do it right and i was a young man then and that was very impactful that yeah you you despite what the devil throws at you despite what comes you you do the right thing you do what god's called you to do and you stay faithful to what he's asked you to do like you you don't quit you don't you don't run you you stay and do it and that's an easy lesson to sit here and say and we all know that when we're in that situation that's a really really hard thing to do but to watch him walk through and do that made me realize that 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 is the right thing that's the kind of man i want to be i want to mm -hmm. be the kind of man that follows christ and sticks to it regardless of what the devil throws at me and how devastating that is and he did that really really well thank you for listening along today as we shared our incredible national staff who are serving all over the world with samaritan's purse uh, they truly are heroes in their communities and as we enter this new week, will you please pray for these men and women who are serving in very challenging places? Thank you so much again for joining us. I hope you have a great week.